Welcome to another episode of Game Till 5. My name is Steph and I am joined as always by my co-host Nikki. Hello. Sounds like some host. I mean that is that should be me to be fair. You're my host. I am a ho. Um hello. Hello. It's been a while again. But as is what happens when you decide to do a monthly podcast instead of yes. weekly. And I mean things life happened as it always seems to be doing with us. We we won't do a new segment because fuck it. We're just gonna we're just gonna rally into this. Um, we got a dog. We do. Yeah. Yeah. That and pretty much I think took up most of our life. Yeah, that's that's a that's a big chunk of time yeah. right there. I don't remember when we got. her. I think it was even like April, but I mean it spanned the whole of time. Um, but she is great. I actually posted a picture on the Twitter and the Discord of of Edie. Yeah, named after the Mass Effect Edie. Surprise, surprise. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Not named after an alien, though, but still technically a robot alien in space. Which I think is quite fitting for her, because as we've discovered, she doesn't really know how to dog. No. What is what's Edie's full it is... enhanced defence intelligence? Yes, that's yes. it. She is an enhanced defence intelligent in the house, and she's uh, she is intelligent. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah, she just doesn't like balls, chewing things. No. Any dog toys are not her friend. No, she's afraid of them. <laughs> Anything that squeaks is not okay. Uh, but she's wonderful. She's our new Games of Five mascot. She's very cute. Go have a look on our Twitter if you want to see a picture of her. We love her. Um, she's currently downstairs chilling. Because she also doesn't like stairs. Yeah, she hates a stair. Which is brilliant for us because we never have to argue the dog cannot no. come on the bed or in the carpet area. Yeah. She so just chooses not to. That's why we've been a bit absent. We've also got another dog for a time period. Um, we're not going to really talk about that. The less was... said about Hank, the better. <laughs> I wasn't even going to name him. I feel bad for naming him. I was going to give him a like. A he's going to be name. listening to the podcast. <laughs> I don't, I don't Those want, bitches. I don't want to shame him. He was a lovely boy. He was just a menace, and he just didn't fit in. Um, but it was a trial, and it was fine. But Hank like took over our lives as well as Edie. Um, but Edie stayed. Hank didn't. <laughs> like battle royale yeah the game for yeah i promise we haven't opened a dog fighting ring in <laughs> no the hank is very much alive living his best life with somebody else who doesn't own another dog because hank didn't like Edie. but yeah life was chaotic life got crazy that's basically it nothing else happened aside from dogs yeah i feel like that's often our update is life things happened extreme life things happened yes. we didn't have time to podcast no i'm sorry but we've, we've returned you again but we're back yeah yes hopefully coming out in june I I will do it. Well, you said it here now. So if this comes out in July, everyone can just picture my angry face. Yeah, I mean the people li- like listening to this in two months' time are not going to care. No, so. you're yeah. But you're listening to beyond the future. Beyond the future. I don't know. Hopefully not beyond the grave. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, that makes absolutely no sense. No. Um. Why are we here? We are here today to talk about video games as we normally do. Um, today's episode is going to be all about NPCs, yes. our top five favourite NPCs that yeah. exist. See, I feel like the last episode was like one for you, and this is like one for me, yeah. because I fucking love NPCs, and anything character based, so I've been wanting to do this for a while, and I think that was why I, I put in fishing, because I think I came to you and I said, Steph, I want to do NPCs, do you want to do fishing? So I was like, if I get you... You sweetened me up yeah. with the fishing, yes. yeah, you so, did. We've done the fishing and now we're into my area, well not area, I don't own NPCs, but... Your area of expertise. Yes. I love a weird character. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess 
I will preface before we actually start start by saying we are structuring this by defining NPCs as like a non-companion teammate or a shopkeeper because we've done that we've done companions we've done teammates we've done all that shit it's anybody that just exists in a video game world that is a non-playable character that makes sense what you just said summarized everything i was trying to say well that's what npc <laughs> stands for oh god it does Fucking hell. It's been a really long day. It's warm as well. It's so warm. And as you'll know from any other summer I episodes... I open window? I, d- I told well, you I'm before gonna... I started I'm that we should open that window because chaos was going to ensue and this was going to get sweaty. Hang on. I'm already sweaty. Right, there's no seagulls coming in, hopefully. Yeah, luckily we don't have to contend with road noise or seagulls. No. That's the two last like places that we Just bird lived. noises and barking. Oh, Jesus. The bird at 5am this morning. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to go on a tangent because you need to hear about this bird. There was a bird at 5am who decided to sound like he was murdering some sort of squeaky toy. He was part squeaky, part like... Meh! And then it would be like... You <laughs> should have recorded it. Honestly, it was so Next loud time outside it. my window. We all want to I was it. really bad about it. I sleep through it. I think they like to hang out at the front of the house near my window. I think they know. They know where you live. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Segway. NPCs. I think non-playable characters. Non-playable characters. An important thing because I think they're often overlooked. Mm-hmm. But if you had a game with no NPCs in it, and it was a big, you were trying to build a world kind of game, you would notice quite quickly how empty and how weird it would feel. Yeah. And you can definitely get shitty NPCs in a game. Maybe one day we'll do top five worst NPCs. But it might just be game specific because they'll be so shit that you won't even remember them. I think that's one important thing about NPCs is like they have to be memorable for them to be good. So that's why hopefully our top fives will be good. But we shall see. Yeah. All right then. Well, with all of that out of the way and birds gone, updates done. Let's go into it. All right. Let's go. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? A three-headed monkey! Let's go! Your turn first. It is your turn first. Right in there. We didn't... I knew... I wasn't even going to ask you because I knew. Otherwise you'd say it was me. That's fine. I'm very aware it's my turn. Do not worry. So, I found this list really, really hard because there's so many good NPCs in video games and you just can't remember them. But these are the ones that I somehow managed to remember. My number five is a weird one. Mm -hmm. My number five is a vending machine, which... (laughs) I know, just stay with me. Stay with me. All right, all right. I'm holding judgment. A vending machine from the game Cyberpunk. Oh okay. So it's a robot vending machine. So it's a thing. It's a. It's got a, a an yeah. attitude. Yes. Or it's a character. It's a character. That's the word I was thinking. Yes. Thank you. An attitude. I mean, he doesn't have an attitude, but who knows? So the vending machine is called Brendan. Uh, it is the name given to an experimental, what they call SCSM, which basically stands for Spontaneous Craving Satisfaction Machine, which is dotted in the game Cyberpunk. I know you've not played Cyberpunk yet. No. I've been trying to get you to play it, but I played it very recently. Everyone obviously shat on it when it first came out. I just didn't play it, but I did play it a couple of months ago, and I loved it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Well, I think the main 
problem that people had with it was when they were playing it on the lesser consoles it was buggy as hell i think even the top end tent it was buggy i don't think the actual game itself when it was yeah. working was the problem no i really really enjoyed it i thought it was really good yeah um and one of the reasons i enjoyed it so much was because there were so many good side quests as you do as you get into like you know witcher games yeah same company right so that all the side quests i found were just really enjoyable and really hilarious really entertaining and brendan the vending machine was a side quest and i loved a lot of the time you don't know what side quest you're stumbling into you just turn up and there's just something going down Mm because you just see it on the map and then you just go there and i remember turning up and seeing this vending machine and being like the fuck and it was talking which was cute because it's obviously it's a lot of robots cyberpunk it's all you know yeah and um and brendan was adorable he was this cute little vending machine that was basically a therapist for people that were coming to get their drinks and then chatting to him and so obviously he'd like superseded um intelligence and whatnot and, and almost become a little bit sentient effectively um they put the robot in there basically to increase product sales on snack items but yeah he basically is there to identify and emulate what customers like and help make choices based on the information but he was as they described too good for his own job mm. um and rather use that all that you know knowledge and stuff for snack related activities he would talk to people and, and become like a little friend that's adorable and he made all these sort of friends and basically you then do the quest to kind of i don't want to spoil it because i don't want to give away brendan's storyline but he's a very likable little guy and you basically just sort of like figure out what's going on with him and and there's multiple side quests so like you'll do one and then it will end and then there'll be like another one pop up and you're like oh it's brendan again and then you go back to brendan and you see Mm -hmm. him and then and yeah but it was just something that i just found so random but it's just so entertaining and him and himself was just adorable and um and that's it really i don't really have much more it was also my number five yeah i wanted to put him in there just because i thought he was weird yeah that's good. I mean, I was not expecting a vending machine. No, I don't think anyone will be. No. But he, Brendan won me over, and it was just kind of an example of, of one of the NPCs that I like the most, which is very unique and weird and unexpected. Memorable. Like, yeah. That's why he's stuck in your brain, because they've done something different yeah. with the NPC. And like you said, it's always nice when you get a really good storyline out of an yeah. NPC. It's not just well, a that's random it. character. Yeah. They tend to be the ones you remember the yeah. most, unless they're yeah. completely crazy. I like it weird. when they intertwine the side quest with an NPC, because otherwise I'm like, I don't want to fucking talk to you. Like, get away from me. Yeah. Don't get me started with Skyrim. <laughs> fucking hate Skyrim NPCs. Oh, anyway. Yeah. But um, I've got a couple of facts. Nice. So what I thought was quite cute is his um, quest is called Coin or Pretty Boy, which Aww. is a reference to, is it Dress and Dolls? Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was nice. Yeah, cool. Um, and he's also voiced by Brian Deckard. Did I say that right? So oh. Detroit Become Human. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's in other stuff too, but yeah. That's the thing I remember. He's a, he's a very good voice actor. He's a really lovely guy. And I just thought it was quite funny because considering he was in Detroit Become Human and he was like an AI robot that becomes sentient or whatever. Oh, man, um, yeah. And then he's voicing a vending machine, which is basically sentient. I just yeah. thought it was a little funny little nod. Cute. But that is my number five. A vending machine. Nice. Brendan. All right. I like it. Brendan at number five. It's yes. a good time. All right. So my number five is going to be Bottles. From Banjo Kazooie. Oh, cute! Oh, I didn't even think. So mine like, is a mole. We've yes. gone from vending machine to yes. mole. I, this is the great thing about NPCs, though. It's like you just forget, and so now hearing that, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, he was a weird one that just popped into my head. I was just sat trying to do my list and trying to think of, you know, NPCs that I wouldn't naturally think of or didn't have a particular like mm. giant quest that you do for them, and they're not part of a giant story or anything. It was just someone that I enjoyed yes. hanging around, and Bottles was one of them. 
Um, Bottles is a recurring mole character from Banjo and Kazooie. Um, he basically teaches you your abilities. So every time you find a molehill in the little land, you go up to it, you talk to it, and he says some sort of ability that you can do, and he teaches you. I just really liked Bottles because of like his interactions with you were quite snarky and quite funny. Um, and him and Kazooie would just like constantly bicker yeah. all the time. And it'd be quite funny. They would call him like each other's stupid names, like Bird Brain and like Four Eyes, and all these really silly like child, childish kind of insults between the two of them, mm. which is kind of cute. And it's a game I really love. And I think like his little voice just rings in my head all the he's, time. He's got a weird little voice. He's he? like. <laughs> I mean, they all sound bloody weird, yeah, but he like, sounds particularly weird. Yeah, he's I a like bit, it. like, squeaky, and I like him for yeah. it, yeah. He's a good time. Yeah, you meet him in the first Banjo and Kazooie, and then he doesn't have a great life, I would say, Bottles. Aww. In Banjo and Tooie, in Banjo Tooie, in the opening sequence, Bottles is murdered. What? what? Yeah, yeah, Bottles dies in the second game. I never really played Tooie, so... Okay, so in Tooie, the very Thanks opening... Thanks for the spoiler. No, in the uh, opening... It's been out a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> In the opening thing, sorry, spoilers everybody. Uh, in the opening sequence, um, he's killed by his own stubbornness. So basically, Mumbo Mumbo comes in and tells everybody that there's something coming for the house, like because they're all playing card games again in the house, like they do. Um, and he doesn't believe Mumbo Mumbo, and everyone else runs out of the house, and he's just sat in his house waiting for it. And then you know the lightning bolt from Grantinda murders him. What an idiot! But at the end, more spoilers, he comes back to life. You bring him back. <laughs> There's resurrection happening? Oh, resurrection. Well, I suppose it is Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. Weird stuff goes down. But what I've discovered is I never played Nuts and Bolts. I love Nuts and Bolts. In Nuts and Bolts, you talk to Bottles. His family has left him. They were too traumatised by the fact that he was brought back to life. (laughs) And he has been left. His family don't want anything to do with him. They're like, you're a weirdo zombie mole. We don't trust it. And so he becomes like the town tour guide for Showdown Town. Well, I do. Now you say it, I do remember him in there, but I didn't know that his family. Can you imagine if that had ever happened to you? Like you died and you got resurrected, which is meant to be like a glorious moment of like, oh my God, guys, like I'm back. Yeah. And they're just like, ew, no, thank you. Yeah. We're traumatized. This is, we thought you died. But... We, we accepted it and we moved on. <laughs> Please leave. <laughs> but I reckon weirdly, you know, maybe it's a logical response. No, I don't think so. Unless like he was like smelly or still part dead or a zombie, I would I would be like, all right, cool, nice to see you. Well, it's again. good to know if I die and I yeah, get brought back just to life. Don't be smelly because okay. if you're smelly, I'll lock you out. <laughs> that might be true of just me in general. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But that's really <clears throat> sad. Right, he has a, not a sad, a sad little life. <laughs> sad little mole life. Yeah. Poor bottles. Poor bottles. But I really love bottles. I think he's a really nice little NPC. Does. I know, right? His family does. <laughs> Cast aside. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much else to say about Bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, if you played them, he's a nice addition. He just makes what the series is quite cute and it just kind of fills in. Uh, I do have some facts. Nice. Um, and that is that in Banjo-Tooie, in the one that he dies in, um, Rare had planned to make a multiplayer mode called Bottles Revenge. <laughs> he <laughs> in, does need revenge, to be fair. In which the spirit of Bottles becomes devilish and stalks Banjo and Kazooie. Possessing nearby enemies and allowing the second player to control them. They said it was a scrap for unknown reasons, but you can still play it in the game if you use an emulator or game shark and you like rom rom it out. Apparently there's also an appearance of this bottles in the um in the quiz at the end of the game where devil bottles appears in the background. This is terrifying. Right? He's terrifying. 
for bottles. Uh, the bottles, re- bottles revenge never happened. And it died. Just um, like then. Yeah, exactly. Then it came back. But no one wanted it. <laughs> it always comes back. And then the only other fact I have is that in uh, the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate game, the newest one, they have this Biromantan stage. And bottles can be seen in the background cheering everybody on. Cute. Right. What's well, lovely guy. Um, but yeah, that is bottles. And that is my number five. Okay, I like it. I didn't I didn't even think... This is, I think this is going to happen a lot, to be honest. Even with honorable mentions, I think I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. Because literally there's NPCs in, like, every game ever. Yeah. So, right. So my number four. This is more of a normal one. My number four is Malon from Legend of Zelda. Nice, yeah. So this is specifically Ocarina of Time. I know she appears in other games in some form. These are Zelda games that I probably haven't played. I think there was, like, the, the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, she, she's not in like Wind Waker or Twilight Princess I don't think or anything or is she in Twilight oh, I don't even I can't know. remember there's definitely someone that looks a bit like her but I don't think it's her mm. I think you're right but yeah this is specifically Ocarina of Time so you meet Malon at Lon Lon Ranch her dad Talon basically her and him have a ranch I think her mum must have passed away when she was younger but you go there when you're a kid and you meet Malon when she's a kid and you meet um, little pony a, pon- a pony a pona Jesus that's hard to say and um and she sort of sings a little song and she's very cute and she's sort of portrayed as this very lovely like kind-hearted and sort of responsible girl who takes care of horses basically mm-hmm. and her dad and she teaches you a pony song as well which is one of my favorite songs in yeah. Zelda it's very nice um yeah she's super super cute and you do help her at one point you go and you walk down like a little bit by the castle and you have to like wake her dad up because he's just apparently neglecting her and falling asleep. I think I think they kind of allude the fact that he's just drunk in the chicken hen. Like. Yeah, most of the time. Drunk off milk. Yeah. <laughs> just Absolute milk, milk guzzler. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's Talon. Um, and also, there's another guy at the ranch who nobody likes, Ingo. And he's, he's mean. Fucking Ingo. I hated that guy. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a nasty man. And he takes over the ranch when Link's older and... And I don't know, Talon's just drinking milk apparently. But that's Get kind of been like milk. the dark sort of timeline when you get older, right? Everything's just gone to shit. So, but Malin is still working for him, um, but she works out of fear of the um, ranch's horses facing abuse from him if she disobeys his orders. So that's... she basically keeps working with Ingo to look after the horses, which I thought was very sweet. Yeah. Um, basically, I just really always liked Malin. Don't wrong, I like Zelda. She's a lovely girl. She's cool. But yeah. When I remember when I came across Malin, I was like, I kind of prefer her in a weird way. I don't know if it's because she had the horse and she was just cute, but I don't know. I just, even when she was older, I thought she was cute. And I just, I don't know. I'm not saying I've got a crush on her or anything. I'm just saying I like her. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> fair. I think you, you end up being in one of the camps, I think, for Ocarina. You end up being like her, yeah. Zelda, or Tara. Taria? Sarah? Taria? Taria? Something. I know how I never happened. I never tell you, so it's always just up to you to decide. Yeah, that one. I feel like you're always in a camp for one of them. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think she was the best. She had horses, man. Yeah. I just always so, thought she was really sweet. And yeah. I don't know, I, I, it's weird to sort of describe why exactly I like her so much, but I just think she was just a really nice addition um, to the game. And she obviously has the importance of sort of giving, basically giving you a pona. So mm-hmm. teaches you opponent's song and then you kind of bond a little bit with the pony and obviously when you're older you go back there and then you you take a pony so she has a very pivotal i think job in yeah. the game and it's just i just think it's just a nice little character and she also has a lovely singing voice when she sings opponent's song and um and i also just really wanted to have a normal npc pick for my list not giving anything away but 
I mean, you started off with a vending machine, so we're going somewhere. Yeah, I, I wanted to have a very normal one, yeah. and I just think she always sort of stuck out in my in my mind as just a really a nice character in Zelda. And there was a lot to choose from in Zelda. I'll, I'll be real, NPC yeah. wise. There's quite a few. There was a lot. There, I mean, I nearly went for the man in Wind Waker that dances on a cliff that looks like Elvis. And I was like, Nikki, have some self-control. Pick I forgot a... about that, man. I was like, How? Oh, I don't know why I'd put him in. So I was like, no, I need to actually think of a character that has meaning. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. No. But but if that's your only thing you're bringing, yeah. Yeah. you can't beat the horse lady. Exactly. So I've got a couple of facts. Nice. Um, both Malon and Talon, apparently, I just yeah. realised their names are the same. Malon Talon. Malon and Talon. He was clearly very lazy when he named her. Yeah. He maybe was trying to call her Talon and just was too drunk on milk and he just mispronounced it. He was talking about milk at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were Bowser's brooches. So they look... The brow... The brooch... Brooches? The brooches? Oh my god, what a weird word. Brooches. Brooch. Brooch. <laughs> the brooch that they wear looks like Bowser. It's obviously something to do with Nintendo, but it, it does look... Ah, you look I kind of see what you mean now when I think it. about it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a fact. Uh, also, apparently one of the stone statues in Ocarina of Times is that Malon's one and only dream is to have a knight in shining armour come and take her away. Perhaps one day that day will come. Um, basically, Aww. many fans obviously claim that this knight would be Link, um, but no one really knows if Link actually likes Malon, but people think that she has feelings for him. But no one really knows. It's what? like all the women in Ocarina, they're all fawning over Link. Oh, yeah. Link doesn't just... Link's not doing anything for any women. He's no. just going about his business. The only thing that ever gets mentioned is when Link wins a cuckoo game in Lon Lon Ranch and Talon jokingly asks Link if he would want to marry Malon. He wants to just ship her off. Doesn't give a shit who to. Needs that more money for... For milk. For milk, yeah. Which, I mean, to be fair, he gets from his own farm, but still. For more cows, maybe. Mm. Um, or just booze. Maybe he's just a raging alcoholic and we're just disguising it with milk. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> anyway... So, yeah, my, my number four was Malin, the lovely, lovely girl from Ocarina of Time. Nice. <laughs> my number four, then, is going to be Sans from Undertale. Nice. Um, I went with Sans because I think he's he's one of he's one of gaming's favourite characters that have appeared. Like, I think if you talk about Undertale, he's kind of almost like the character figure that you always get for it. And he is just an NPC. Technically, you do fight him, so I was a little bit like, is he a boss? Is he an NPC? But I think the majority, because you almost sometimes... I don't know if you have to fight him. I can't remember. Because Undertale has um, that whole thing where you can go complete pacifist route where you don't have to fight anyone or do anything with anyone. You have that kind of weird option with him. Um, Sans is a character you meet fairly early on in the game. Um, He is a skeleton. He wears a little blue coat and a little round head. Um, he's a, a pretty much a, just a big goofball most of the time. He's a really surprisingly light-hearted character, but I think like all the characters in Undertale, there's always a really like darker, more fleshed-out character underneath, which is always quite nice, and you do get a bit more depth from him. He generally is quite laid back. Um, you often find him sleeping and lazing about, and just kind of he's supposed to be working for Undyne, I think is how you pronounce the name. He's like the main kind of uh, character in there or antagonist and he's just like trying to do minimum without like pissing her off or you like getting in the way um so you often find him like running around or just doing stupid stuff like he makes so many pun jokes all the time like he'll literally just appear and make a stupid joke and then run off again so you just kind of always enjoy finding him like he'll just turn up at certain points and you can kind of 
talk to him or find out what he has to say and it's always in this really stupid like do 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 kind of voice that you get from a tail and he really suits that kind of like look and feel and i think he really pushes across what a lot of undertale is um so he's just really fun to have around he has his brother papyrus who he really cares about and he's like his little younger brother um is always running around trying to fight you but it's kind of quite sweet but he's just kind of running around making jokes so it's kind of that thing with the two of them and i went for sans because i think sans kind of covers a little bit more than papyrus papyrus is cool but um yeah i just really like sans it's the game of until is quite an odd one though like it's good because it's silly but also it's very there are like deeper meaning bits in there so you kind of always get that there's something more to it than just the light-hearted kind of stuff that he's putting across which is always quite nice yeah it's definitely um, dark elements yeah like i always get that he's got his own thing going on like every mm. character that you meet that's a really like a full fleshed out character like sans and papyrus and all those guys all have their own thing like kind of almost separate totally separate to the story that you're on it's just kind of like they're in there and they're in the world which is kind of nice because i think it adds to mpc sometimes yeah deep not deep but like multi-leveled yeah it just feels a little bit more like more than you would expect for what looks like a very simple pixel Mm -hmm. game as well um there's not i don't really have much to say about sans i feel like it's one of those things without giving too much away about what the game is you can't really describe him but he's just a really fun character within that he's always turning up and taking the piss out of you and just being really sarcastic but it's just kind of always enjoyable um as you walk around as your little weird human self Mm -hmm. about. so yeah that's kind of it for sans i didn't really have much more other than just like his little facts i had Sans speaks in Comic Sans font, hence the name. Sans. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, which and I really Papyrus also speaks. Yeah, in Papyrus, which is just—it's one of those stupid jokes that you see and you're like, "Oh my god, this is genius!" And I love it, but it's really simple. And the other thing is Megalovania, which is Sans's theme and Sans's kind of like battle theme when you fight him. It's the internet meme song that went around for a while. Um, but it didn't actually originate from Undertale. It wasn't something that was proposed for just that game. Apparently, Toby Fox, who made the game and wrote all the music for it um he composed it as his a halloween hack for earthbound originally oh okay and that's where it kind of came from i think undertale is kind of like a love a bit of a love letter to earthbound and i think that's why but toby fox made all he's like a bit of a eric barone in that sense where he made everything and did all the music and it's all brilliant and you don't understand how one man did a thing no um but it's amazing that that big song that's from there wasn't even like originally for it it was just a random thing i think it eventually got used in something else as well that he was making as like a demo and then he put it in for um sans because i think it's like his favorite little tune that he was making very cool it was cool i never finished undertale and i would be mad that i didn't but i did have a good time when i did play it Mm. but i have big problems finishing games <laughs> yeah that's fair it's a bit of a weird one to finish you kind of always have to just keep going on the yeah. pathway that you're on and then obviously you can replay it a couple of times and i've never done it just because there's so many different weird endings like yeah. and you can do different things with like the genocide route and stuff like that i think if you play the genocide route of it where you murder everyone you find yeah i accidentally i think did that a bit in the beginning um where i nearly killed like the, the lovely woman that's meant to help you <laughs> we got into a fight mm-hmm. and um, I murdered her and then I think I reset the game because I, I feel like I'm not meant to like not kill meant to everyone. Her. You can murder everyone you meet. And I don't if want you do to, that, I but think. I just can't stop I myself. think Sans becomes the main antagonist for you okay. um, if you start going down that route. Like he becomes okay. a much different character. So I've not experienced that, but I know that that's a level to yeah. it, which is just more interesting as well. Um, but yeah, so that's my fourth one is Sans from Undertale. Okay, my number three is. Three Dog from Fallout 3. 
Oh, okay. Drew. I know the name. I know you've mentioned it before. So, Three Dog is the radio host, DJ, and news anchor of the Galaxy okay. News radio station in the capital wasteland um, in Fallout 3. So, you hear him a lot. Like, he's basically the radio man. And he has a great voice. I'm not going to do an impression of it, but you, anyone would know, like, Three Dog. Hey, everybody. This is Three Dog, your friendly neighborhood disc jockey. He's yeah. just very charismatic and he's just very, he's very funny. And I mean, I, I absolutely love the Fallout Radio anyway. And so, yeah, like he's, I think he's one of those people that just, I always find him very charismatic, but you do meet him. Like you can meet him in the flesh. So he's not just, he's not just an entirely just a radio voice in a game. I can't remember when and why you meet him, but I do remember being in a room with him and thinking, what happens if I kill him? Because if I kill him, the radio goes oh, down yeah. but there is a, I think there is a way that he can die and I think someone else takes over maybe or something like that mm. obviously I wouldn't kill Free Dog because he's a, he's a lovely man um, but yeah he basically broadcasts to the Wasteland public service announcements and music um, and he just talks a lot really and he also makes jokes at the Enclave radio which is like the opposite one which is basically kind of like the Tory radio you know right yeah so which is run by President John Henry Eden whatever his name is and so it's kind of like the boring radio where mm-hmm. it's just like shitty music whereas like Galaxy Radio is like all the fucking bangers from Fallout you know yeah. Every, all the songs that everyone loves but Three Dog is a cool guy he believes in what he always like calls fighting the good fight which boils down to any action that opposes and antagonises the Wasteland's various oppressors and thugs be that of like raider gangs super mutants slavers and other people um so he basically is just like a good guy and i think as well like most people i know are pretty good when they play fallout games Mm -hmm. so he'll like you if you're doing good stuff and and i i really like as well that he'll comment on little things that you do so basically some of the actions that you do throughout the game he'll sort of mention um and he'll his apparently his expressions and stuff can depend on your actions so like if you pursue like the good path he'll like compliment you on the radio being like nice going kid and like the end of like certain things nice but apparently if you do bad things and go down like the bad karma he'll say things like not cool kid not cool at all or like ask you like what the fuck are you doing um and if like you continue on that he describes you as like the worst thing to ever happen to the wasteland oh man radiation poisoning yeah Jesus <laughs> so, that's um, quite a thing yeah I don't, to be honest I look at my list and I'm like I've picked such random things but I think I think he was to me such a pivotal part of the experience and the game mm. um, and you do you do have like a quest mm. with him and things that I just couldn't not pick him really it was just it's just someone that stood out in my mind as just being really cool and the, and the fact that he is also a radio broadcaster makes him so pivotal to the game if you listen to the radio if you don't listen to the radio then I don't know what you're doing but yeah and he just sort of really makes the game again there were so many NPCs that I could have picked in Fallout yeah but I think he just stuck in my mind as just being cool well I guess he's there for most of your journey almost yeah. like and especially if I he's narrating so. on what you're yeah. up to a little bit he kind of feels a bit more connected to you and your stuff yes. rather than just like you said like a person yeah. who come across one time and I remember when I met him I was like oh my god he's famous He's famous. Famous. He's a famous man that I heard on the radio. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's cool. He um he's just he's just a good guy. Yeah. And I don't have any facts because most of my facts were all intertwined in that because I couldn't really find any information yeah. on him, which is sad. But Yeah, that's a sad time. So Free Dog, the wonderful man from the radio in Fallout Three. I like it. Is my number three, which is apt. It's like you did it on purpose. I didn't. <laughs> Okay, cool. So, my number three is Murray, the talking skull. 
Of course it is. I don't know why I didn't predict this. I know, right? I was one of those things where I was looking through lists and lists and lists and trying to think of more NPCs and then all of a sudden a flash of lightning just came to me. I was like, Murray. Yes. I haven't ever had a chance to properly talk about Murray and now I'm going to do it. And there's not much to say because Murray is Murray. Um, So Murray is one of my favourite characters in general in video games, I would probably say. But he is my favourite NPC because he is just an NPC that turns up every so often in the Monkey Island games. He is a demonic talking skull. He first appears in Curse of Monkey Island, which is number three, and then has then appeared in all the other Monkey Islands since that point. Um, You meet him really early on in the game um, after you shoot a boat of skeletons, like LeChuck skeleton people. You shoot it up and um, he used to have a body and he used to be part of the crew and now he's just a floating head and he becomes his own little thing. You find him like floating in the thing and he kind of, you just talk to him there's like an option where you stick your head out the thing and you start talking to him and you quite quickly work out that you can mock him and that he wants you to be really fearful of him he kind of comes in and like i am murray i'm a demon skull like i'm really evil and you're just like looking at this head that can't do anything and you just hit him into the water and off he floats and the fun part about murray is that he turns up within that game like three or four times in various places and just has some fun comments to do um you can get him to do some stuff for you i think he is a part of some of the stuff that you do in terms of like actual puzzles and stuff you have to fix with Murray but most of the time he's just floating around and just has some fun comments to make and I think that's kind of one thing for me which is like you know when you really enjoy having a character to go and talk to and you find a character and you're like I "I really want to go and see what this person says um so he's a big part of that for me um his dialogue's just fun and it's often just a really big part of what I think makes Monkey Island quite a funny game yeah uh, like I said, I really don't have much to say for Murray because he doesn't do a whole bunch and he's not a part of any sort of thing. He's just a charismatic guy. Yeah, you just like him. He's just yeah. got a good voice. I do have some facts, though. Mm-hmm. And that is that um, there is apparently a secret mini game called Murray Ball, which is similar to Pong, which is apparently in Escape from Monkey Island. Have you played it? I don't know if I have. I, it's been a long time since I've played Escape. I reckon it's probably not that hidden, if you know what I mean. So maybe I have, maybe I haven't, but I don't remember it, so... And that is that obviously there's the new Monkey Island, Return to Monkey Island yes. that is coming out maybe this year or was announced at least this year. That basically he appeared in the teaser trailer that was him mocking Ron Gilbert for having stated that he would never direct a Monkey Island game ever again. Um, and then he gets like knocked into the <laughs> sea before he like finishes his sentence. And it's very like Murray. And I'm really glad that they've at least nodded to him in the trailer, which hopefully means that he will appear. Mm-hmm. throughout the game and just be another f- fun sense of humour because I think that's what you get a lot from him Yeah. Um, so yeah like I said super short and sweet for number three but Murray that's fine my number three was pretty short and sweet as well mm. I need to play more Monkey Island because I never really played it growing up and I feel like I really missed the boat if you get the pun um, so yeah I, I, just, I just I don't I don't know what happened yeah I, I think for how much I know you love Discworld yeah, and the humour in I love in there, point and click and shit but I, I think just, the humour in Monkey Island is just similar I think at the time Monkey Island wasn't really like available anywhere else but like on its original thing no whereas now it's probably like been revamped and put places so I, yeah. I know I do need to, to get on it and I will I think some of it's on GOG I want it to be on Switch oh yeah that'd be a good time I don't know if it is I'm not sure. They remade the first two, which I think might be. Mm. But I will investigate. Be. Yeah. Because I would like to. So we're on to number twos. Yes. So my number two um, is not who you'd expect I would have picked for this game. I will explain why I didn't pick someone who's probably more, like, 
expected or predicted. Um, my number two is Mr. Torg from Borderlands. Oh, okay. So Mr. I don't know. I can never remember how much. It's mostly Borderlands two, I think. Yeah. I can't. I don't think you played much Borderlands, did you? Um, I've played a bit. Of, two is the one I've played the mm-hmm. most out of. The okay. other ones I haven't touched really. So he's an NPC in the series. Um, he's forty three. It sounds like I'm reading his dating profile. <laughs> so Torg um, is in the Borderlands series, namely two. I think I can't remember what else, what other ones he's in. But um, he is basically the founder of the weapon manufacturer Torg, which is like a gun make. There's lots of gun makes in this game. Um, and he is the owner of that one. He. A reason I love him. He basically he speaks over the. I think it's called Echo. The Echoes a lot. Um, so a lot of the time he you just hear his voice. Mm-hmm. He shouts a lot and swears a lot. And nice. he loves explosions. And basically he's just very intense. Do you often just hear him narrating things? He'll talk to you directly. He'll do like a lot of quests for you. Like he'll give you a lot of quests. He's just very much like a big a big part of it. Yeah. Even though you don't necessarily meet him until later on. Um, there's one point I think he shouts that he wants you to blow up the ocean which always made me laugh. Um, he just wants everything to explode. Yeah. He's just... he's Obsessed. And I've always thought, and I don't know why, just no one else seems to agree with me when I Google it on the internet, that he just looks like um, Penn Jillette. He just... He, it's probably the hair and the fact that he shouts a lot because I always thought Penn Jillette sort of shouted like a fair bit. And I just always... And I know the thing is, I know Penn Jillette, he voiced characters in Borderlands. Like, he voiced a boss which I think I spoke about in another one. Yeah. And so, and he's friends with, the, uh, the, I don't know, the guy who makes Borderlands. Todd, someone, Todd, no, I don't know, Randy. I don't know, Todd, Randy, John, David, the man who makes Borderlands, who no one really likes anymore. The Gearbox um, <laughs> yeah, executive. that guy. I know that they're like buddies. Um, so I'm not saying that like, you know, he based Torg on the way he looks or anything, but Anyway, I'm going off into a very big tangent. I really like Torg because he's crazy. Randy um, Pitchford. Randy Pitchford, that's it. Okay. So, um, like, there's one mission, for example, that you go on for Torg where you go after a video game reviewer. He wants you to kill him because, basically, this video game reviewer disagreed with... Well, no, Torg disagreed with his review score of a game. Um, and he's really upset about the fact that this guy basically reviewed this game that Torg really liked. And he was like, I want you to kill him. And I was like, I Meta. respect that. Yeah. <laughs> I respect that. I can that. see this. Um, and I just like it because he's, gen- but he's generally really, like, he's actually a very friendly guy and he really, like, you can sense he has a lot of love for you and all the other Vault Hunters. Yeah. But, you know, he's not above killing a man just because he didn't like the same game as him. I mean, you know, there's there's levels to things and I feel yeah. like he might be off a couple of them, but yeah. it'll be fine. Um, and one of my favourite lines by him as well, bear in mind he screams and shouts everything, yeah. um, is when he's talking about Moxie and he says, nothing is more badass than treating a woman with respect. I love it. What a message to scream, <laughs> you know? That's the thing, everything he says is, I mean, you can just like YouTube, like talk best quotes. Yeah. Everything is screamed, like in a very angry voice. And it. so I think that's why I love it so much. And I think one of my other favourite quotes by him, um, which is just so weird is, what I really enjoy about that is that we very recently found out what a bolo tie yes. was. I, that's why I wanted to put it in there because the bolo tie debate. Yeah. What is a bolo tie? I still don't fully know. I think it's one of those weird things that you put around your neck. Yeah. But anyway. Cowboy. Um 
a little bit of a backstory to talk because why not mm-hmm. um he was raised by his grandmother after his parents were killed in an explosion um which apparently sparked his resolution to master the power of explosions okay. so that's why he loves explosions because he needs to control them i maybe yeah um he loves them so yeah as i said earlier he normally appears in echo so voice recordings um and he has his own dlc called the campaign of carnage um where i think he has like an arena i don't know i did play it but it was a very long time ago yeah but yeah he also you see him for the first time in tiny tina's dlc tina's assault and dragon keep in person so seeing him for the first time was actually really cool because yeah. like, oh my god it's talk um he really likes um, Dungeons and Dragons so basically Bunkers and Badasses which is like Tiny Tina's Tiny Tina's oh, game okay cool um, and he breaks down and, and cries apparently when he's not allowed to play it at first so it's very adorable. Oh, adorable he's just a very he's one of these people where he's like he's so angry and shouty and aggressive but he's yeah. very soft mm-hmm. uh, he will kill someone if they don't agree with him but also heart of gold mm-hmm. absolute sweetheart yes heart of gold yeah but, but it's fine I love him. Yeah. Um, and I just think that honestly, it's just so charming. And honestly, I think the some of the times I've laughed the most in that game is when Torg is saying shit. Yeah. It's just it's always fucking brilliant. And I think it just is Borderlands humor just encompassed in a person. Mm-hmm. Um. So I got some facts. We've got some facts already. But, nice. Um. Apparently, he's bisexual. Nice. Good. Talk. So yeah, random. There's also another uh, fact. I don't really understand any of this, but I'm going to say it because someone else might. Um, in Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, he refers to himself as the most electrifying man in combat entertainment, which is a reference to former professional wrestler turned Hollywood movie actor Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who calls himself the most electrifying man in sports entertainment during his stint in WWF, WWE. That is true. That's a fact. So, Torg is also censored when he swears, like, a lot. So, he'll swear a lot, but it will all be beeps. Right. Um, he makes a random announcement once um, where he basically says, Why? And he says, the talk shareholders wired my voice box with a digital sensor. By the way, if you feel like bleeping me in the edit, feel free. Because it's going to be a lot of swears. Um, so yeah, the talk shareholders wired my voice box with a digital sensor so I can't say stuff like shit, pussy, fucking balls. That's like half my fucking vocabulary. And I just appreciate it because no one ever really understood why he was censored. Yeah. But he's just been wired but they're just that with one. a sensor box just that one time. for all those words which he loves which I maybe I see myself in talk because yeah <laughs> I can see I can see it maybe I just I love his chaos and his ridiculous but he's got a, as I said he's got a heart of gold heart of gold but chaos I but feel like swears yeah. a lot and like explosions yeah I am talk yeah I think that's what we've learned so that's why that's very your my, energy he's my number two yeah nice I know my energy when I see it <laughs> I think yeah Chaos recognises chaos. Yes. Yeah. That's very true. Nice. I like it. So my number two is going to be Mimir from God of War, the 2018 one. So Mimir is a... uh, He's a figure in Norse mythology, known for his wisdom and knowledge. But in the game, he helps Kratos and Atreus. Um, He's also nicknamed Head by Kratos because he is literally just a head for most of the game. So when you first meet Mimir, he's trapped in a tree. And you talk to him and find out that he hates the gods as much as you do. And that actually, um, he knows that the gods are hunting you. And he's kind of like, doesn't want to help them. And he says, look, if you cut my head off, you can go take it to the witch in the woods who lives there. And you can get me basically reanimated. And I'll help you. You cut off his head. So you cut off his head. So, for does he die? No. So what happens is you take this head, you go take it to the witch in the woods, 
who resurrects it for you. And then you have Mimir, who you carry around on your belt as Kratos all the time. You just carry so him wait, around. Wait, wait, wait. You take off his head. Yeah. Then he is dead. He must be dead because yes. you cut his head off. So he's dead. He's not speaking as a head. No, no. But then you resurrect him as a head. Why would this man want this? Well, he's stuck into a tree. And he's been there for like So he's like, of I years. would rather be out of the tree and just be a head. Yeah, I think there's more to it in terms of like law, law and description. That <laughs> I'm, I'm making it sound like this is happening in real time. Like someone is like, yeah. Let's remember that this is all Norse gods mythology. Yes, that they're is all true. gods and live. They yes, live in the lands of like real. Niflheim and those kind of places. So it's not like yeah. a normal person Talking walking head, around. All good. So you travel up, you pick up Mimir, and Mimir is a great addition to your party. I think that although you have Kratos and Boy walking around with you oh, most boy. of the time. Um, it's quite a like stoic everyone's a bit grumpy and then you introduce Mimir who's a little bit more light hearted he brings a little bit more interest in there he's very sarcastic he brings a lot of jokes um, and then you kind of talk to Mimir often um, Mimir often provides a lot of um, kind of cool stuff so before you pick him up Atreus kind of tries to say things about the world that you're like travelling to or walking around and stuff and after you pick him up he kind of takes that role um, but he kind of gives you even more lore about it and it's quite interesting if you like anything to do with Norse mythology he kind of is always telling you about stuff which is really cool um, so he's kind of a companion but I kind of treat him more like an NPC because you, he doesn't do anything for you yeah that's fair he is literally just a head that you talk yeah. and he's a part of the story and you kind of have him there yeah um, but he's not like anything bad he is just a genuine friend and I think that's what's really nice about oh, him that's cute. is that you, he doesn't do it for any reason for himself like he do, he's not helping these guys because he wants something out of them he's literally just helping them because he's like yeah I hate the gods I'm too I'm bored so I'm just gonna like yeah he's like you know what this sounds way more fun let's go hang out Um, and I think it's quite funny like listening to Kratos who's quite a straight laced person and Mimir like back and forth a little bit is just quite fun and I just really always loved having him around Um, even though he's sometimes just you know sitting on the back of your belt you just see him all the time Um, which is nice because he can help you in battle Um, he kind of says like hey there's someone coming up behind you sometimes if you've got like enemies around you a little bit which is quite cool do you think he ever just like, accidentally sat on him oh definitely <laughs> right between Kratos's butt cheeks <laughs> it would happen yeah I feel like you just forget he was there and you just, just knock on, him into stuff sit on his face you just lean oh my goodness you've ruined it <laughs> I'm not saying I'll, I'm, I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying Kratos would sit on his face by accident because he was on his belt by accident <laughs> no one can see that I fact that I just did air quotes not a podcast but I did <laughs> Sorry, continue. Ruined this lovely story of friendship with your smut. That's what you've done. It had to happen at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, other than, you know, helping him cross your journey, because you turn, the reason you take him with you is because when you do first find him, I should have explained, is that um, you're trying to find the highest peak and you're mistaken thinking that it's in your land. And actually, Mamir is like, no, I have knowledge of all the other lands that you can't see because it's all connected. Um, and actually you want to go to Jotunheim the land of the giants and that's where the highest peak is and so he's like I'm one of the only living people who know how to get there you might as well take me with you um, and so he's like and also I hate the gods so let's go screw them over in the process Fair. Um, so that's kind of like why you pick him up and that yeah, and eventually he becomes more of a friend and more of those kind of things um, but like I said I just really like listening to him he's got a lovely Scottish voice Ooh. he's like an old Scottish man that talks is to you a particular voice actor or I haven't actually looked up like who the voice actor for this is. I really should have. Um, 
So I don't know if it's anyone like famous or anything like that. Because I know Kratos is obviously the man, Christopher Judge. Yes. Oh, Christopher Judge. Who does a great job. Um, Let me Google and see if I can find the the voice actor. But as far as I know, his, his name is Alistair Neil Duncan. Okay. He's a Scottish man. Well... Um, but I don't think he's done much else. He's done some several characters in general games, Mass Effect trilogy and mm-hmm. those kind of things, but nobody particularly big. Um, so I think this was one of his big things because that's what's listed as the like main point of his. So there yeah. you go. Um, so there's an extra fact for you that I just Googled. Apparently, one of the other facts, I'll just move straight on, is that Mimir is the fourth head that Kratos has ever run around with. Oh, he loves the head. He loves carrying a head around. <laughs> Which I think is more leading into your theory about the fact that he loves accidentally sitting on them. Um, through his journey, he's he's carried Medusa, Uriel, 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 um, and Helios. Are obviously more Greek gods because Kratos is Greek god mythology rather than Norse normally. Um, and of all the heads to carry around, Mimir is the only one to request um, the fact that he is chopped off and carried around. Yeah, it's a bit weird. I mean. What else are you going to do if you're just stuck in a tree for yeah. a millennia? You Each know? to their own. I don't think I'd want to carry around anyone's head, including yours. Fair. Um, I just Even like, if I was, like, animated again? I think I'd be terrified and I'd just probably bury you in the ground. <laughs> That's horrible. I'm sentient and you've just buried me for um, all eternity. I guess it'd be kind of be like Futurama, wouldn't it? Where you'd just be, like, a head in, like, a jar kind hmm. of thing, right? Yeah, um, he's alive, he's talking, he's yeah, doing I things. Yeah, I guess I could put you on a shelf, but I wouldn't carry around with me. No, that's fair. Only on like, an occasion I'd let where you, you want watch to take TV me as well. I'd pop like, t- I'd put Netflix on for you. Thanks. Um, you won't really have any hands, so you can't really play video games, but you can maybe watch other people play video games. We'll set you up on a t- some Twitch, oh. watch some Twitch streams. I'd be great on a Twitch stream. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be streaming, you'd be watching them, because I you don't like have I any hands. I feel like I could make a great Twitch stream, like me. Maybe you watching other people play Twitch streams. Yeah. <laughs> stream that. I think that's illegal. Anyway, we're getting too much into this. Anyway, the <laughs> only other fact that I had for this one <clears throat> was that despite being a Norse god, Mamir is actually Celtic. Okay. Um, while in Trias' secret room, Atreus finds a Celtic knife. Uh, Mamir says that knife comes from his homeland and that he once had one similar to that. This only furthers the fact that he's got a Scottish accent, which kind of leans more into the fact that he's Celtic more than Norse, but he is a Norse god by mm. mythology. Um, so yeah, that's Mamir. Um, I recommend if you've not played that game, um, you'll enjoy Mamir because he's a good time. It's on my list. I played it a little bit and then I did my typical thing. I'm just bored. Need to be in the moment. Yeah, it's one of those ones where you, I think you can get through it quite quickly as a game. Yeah. Um, because it's quite linear and it just kind yeah. of goes forth. I it's one like it's one of those big ones that I've unfortunately missed because I'm yeah. an idiot. That's fair. But yeah, that's my number two. So that nice. means we are on to honourable mentions. Yes. So I'm going to try and go through mine really quickly because I've got a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, going off of what I just said about Borderlands, there are loads of amazing NPCs in Borderlands, and I felt shit for not being able to pick some of them. Yeah. But I didn't want to be obvious, and so Tiny Tina is probably an obvious choice. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. I spoke about her before. Um, Moxie, I also love. She is a sexy badass lady who I've also spoken about before, probably. Some Dragon Age NPCs. I love Sandal. We spoke about Sandal, but he's a shopkeeper, so he wasn't going to be on the list. Yeah. Bianca is also a really cool one. Um, Jessie Final Fantasy VII, I like. Yeah, she was a good time. Uh, another one from Cyberpunk is Delamain. I really, uh, it doesn't have any context to you, but he's a car. Nice. Um, so that would he's have been a different. Objects. Vending machine 
went for the number five, not Delamain. Yeah. Also a lady called Claire in Cyberpunk. This player was, this character is kind of playable, so I couldn't include him. Maycar from Willmaker, mm. he's kind of playable, so. Yeah, Because at one so. point you do. Um, Impa from Zelda, Princess Ruto, who I like, everyone hated, but I like Princess Ruto. Yeah. Tot, <laughs> the Elvis man from Willmaker. Oh, nice, yeah. Um, another one that was so close to being in my top five, which is Old Gid Von Everick from Witcher 3, Heart nice. of Stone, but you also sort of play him, so I didn't include him. Yeah. Um, and I know I've spoken about Dwayne and Pearl from Broken Sword before, and I don't remember where or why, but I definitely yeah. have, so I didn't include them, but yeah, they're, they're Broken Sword NPCs, and nice. they are very cool. That's all of mine. I tried to go as quickly as I could. Nice. I have... I also had Impa, because, mm-hmm. um, you know she's great for the witcher to go back to those ones i had the bloody baron who's a big part of the storyline who's really great in the witcher 3 i also had dandelion um yeah because again he's quite a big part of i think he's in two as well as well as three so he yeah. pops up a few times um so he's great i had professor oak from pokemon mm-hmm. um because you know he gives you your pokemon yeah. and what's not to love and then lastly i had hank from Detroit Become Human, nice. the cop that's your grumpy friend. Do you see who I wish I actually included on my mention? I mentioned it. Is the old man from Detroit Become Human? Well, in the with the tattoos, yeah, love that guy. Oh yeah, he was great. Yeah, he would have been a good one. Yeah. Oh, good times. So yeah, that's all the honourable mentions. Okay. And all like, there's many other. I just named games at that point. You know, when you're like well, anybody in this game and this game and this game. It's, like it's a really hard list to do because yeah. there is so many good ones, and I know I've missed a ton. Yeah. Um, but fuck it. My brain can only think of so much at once. So this is just the ones that we could think of at the time. Yeah. So number one. I'm excited to talk about this one though. Mm-hmm. My number one is the Lutest Twins from Bioshock Infinite. Two nice. for the price of one. So yeah. Technically one character if you've played the game and you understand what I'm saying. But the Lutest Twins it are basically Robert Lutest and Rosalind Lutest, um, collectively known as Lutest Twins. They're a duo of characters from the Bioshock video game series. They're really important to be honest. They have a really pivotal part in the game and they basically almost serve as the drivers for the events yeah. and often appear under mysterious circumstances to basically guide the protagonist, Booker DeWitt. And they're just fucking cool. They're introduced as like these two very mysterious individuals that, um, well, you see them at the beginning of the game. They take you to the to the lighthouse to begin with yeah. um, and they're having a chat and you're just like, what on earth is going on? And then they will often then sort of appear randomly throughout the game, often sort of compelling you to make seemingly trivial choices or providing sort of cryptic advice or just conversations about the current things that are happening. They have a really important like twist in the game where you find out more about them. I don't mm-hmm. want to say it because in case anyone's not played Bioshock Infinite, um, where you discover about how pivotal they really are to the core events of the game. Yeah. And I think that was one of the reasons why, I mean, I, I adored them anyway. I mean, I love Bioshock Infinite. I think everyone knows that, but I think finding out, you know, I think I, I just originally thought these two characters were just kind of like, just there. Just hanging out, just, just being extra. weird, yeah. but, you know, and I, I think as well, not knowing throughout a large part of the game, why they were there or, and then, then you just sort of discover all this information and it's just, it's just fascinating, I think. I mean, I'm always fascinated yeah. by the story of Bioshock Infinite anyway. Yeah, it's like you said, it's a really good, like almost, twist of stuff of like mm. you said like it's a nice reveal of like oh these people that have been with you they actually yeah. do mean something it's not yeah. just weird yeah. people that you know yeah and i think as well like i mean the voice actors for both of them are amazing i can't think of who the guy is but 
the female is voiced by Jennifer Hale. Oh, nice. We all know and love. Yeah. Um, Captain, Captain, Commander, Shepard. <laughs> Captain <laughs> Shepard. Captain Shepard, Commander. Uh, I, as I said earlier, it's been a very long day. It's fine. Um, but they're just, they're really cool and they have such good voices and such good quotes and such good things that they say. They're dressed very lovely as well and they're just, mm. and they're, they're the ones that give you the necklace to give to Elizabeth the, the bird or the cage, which is a very, again, pivotal moment from, from the game. But I think it's very similar to some other picks where it's like they almost kind of, they're there throughout the whole thing and they kind of guide you, which I think is you know npcs can be someone so insignificant but you just love or some someone that is quite pivotal yeah and i just think i really enjoy their their place in it all and they're just very cool people nice so yeah i mean i've got i've got some some facts i I could say more but it's difficult like you said because without giving spoilers you can't talk about how pivotal or how meaningful they are but you're right like I completely forgot about these guys, mm-hmm. but you're right. They are NPCs that aren't just, you know, nice people to yeah. have around that you go and enjoy talking to. They're mm-hmm. kind of on the other scale where yeah. it pushes story along. It's like we were saying with the side quest stuff. It's nice when they either tie into a story or, like, even your larger story. It's yeah. just kind of like a nice driving exactly point. I always find it a bit of a weird comfort as well when I saw them. Because you'd hear their yeah. music. So I think they you wouldn't, obviously, they wouldn't be there and then suddenly you'd hear the kind of, their, that music chimes in mm-hmm. and then often you see them and then yeah. they have something normally it's like it's like quips isn't it it's very like they're very normally they, they'll sass you a lot as well like they definitely yeah. will sass you or say very cryptic things or talk about you like you're not there which is a little bit offensive sometimes yeah um, but it was just very clever I think the whole thing was just very clever and, and I very much enjoyed them so yeah facts um, Lutes apparently is the French word for Lutetia, Lutetia, I don't know, I'm not very good at French, um, which is the name of an ancient Roman city that stood where modern day Paris stands now. Um, oh, okay. Elizabeth really wanted to go to Paris. So, um, interesting. Yeah. Something as well, which is very, very cool, which is a really nice mechanic that I liked, which is on specific occasions during Bioshock Infinite, um, Rosalind will remark on the player's actions, notoriously if the player doesn't do what the game requires them to do to continue the story. While the comments are mainly said by Rosalind, on two occasions Robert will join in as well. And these comments will only be said if the player does any of the following actions and are not essential to the plot. So I think, um, like for example, this is in the boat at the lighthouse dock. If the player doesn't leave the boat, she says he's not moving and the gentleman says he will eventually. So the fact that they comment on the things that you're doing, even when you're not like yeah. just sitting on the boat and just basically say you've gone for making a cup of coffee and they're still sort of narrating on you is very cool and like they'll do you'll do certain things so you'll like take a different turn and like they'll just comment and sort of narrate as if again as if you're not there yeah and i just find that very clever maybe slightly meta i suppose but it's just a very cool little thing yeah it always feels nice when you feel like a game is watching you which sounds really weird but it's like reason i quite like the stanley parable narrator right it's that whole like you i think it really helps the immersion because it's like although it's almost designed to take you out and make you think oh i'm playing a game actually it kind of does the opposite where it pulls you in because you're like oh yes. I'm, what I'm doing is being responded to it by a game which I think is the ultimate goal by a game like by yes. gamers right we want to know that what you're, we're doing yeah. is creating some sort of change or exactly. an action in the game yeah. that's being commented on it's, it's very very cool and I think it, that just really summarises everything about the Lutest Twins and why they're cool yeah that's rad I did really did forgot all about them but I, really I had a sudden thought them. and I was like 
yes. Yeah. I was like, this, this is the one. Some of my other picks are weird and random. I didn't think about at all, like a vending machine. But this one I did think about. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited to hear your number one. I feel like my number one is going to be an obvious one. I have gone with Joker. Jeff Murray Joker. It. I knew it. From Mass Effect. Yeah, man. Yeah, the thing was, I was just like, I can't not mention him because mm-hmm. I feel like there's not many other times where we are going to talk about Joker because Ooh. he, we, you know, we did the companion side of things and he isn't a companion. He is genuinely one of the main only NPCs. He other just than, flies the ship. That's it. Yeah. Other than random kind of people. He's not you in your team who doesn't fight with you. So. No, he's always on your ship. He's probably one of my favourite parts of Mass Effect, um, the the trilogy, the original trilogy anyway. Joker is a pilot of Normandy, as Nikki said. You kind of, the main ship you travel around on your venture on, he is the pilot. So he's always on there. Um, Literally from the first mission that you do, he is there. Um, And he pretty much follows you the entire way through the games. I would say he's probably the most loyal out of all of the Mass Effect people. You know, everyone else leaves you, and he's like, "No, I'll go work for the same company that you go for." That's into. true. I'll does, go fly yeah. this thing. He's always following you. He's always with you. So I think the reason that I had to mention him is because you genuinely feel like he's one of those NPCs that you go to for friendship. I feel like there's a lot of banging that we've spoken about for Mass Effect, and obviously there's lots of people that you go to talk to for that specific <laughs> reason. And Joker's you one of the people. Bang. Yeah. But Joker's one of the only other people that you go to just to go see what no, they're going to say. he's more than just banging. Yeah, you. it's not even an option with Joker. It's no. always, like, that friendship he's thing. like a little brother. Yeah, exactly. And you kind of want to go and see what he has to say about what you've been going on. And he gives you kind of sarcastic, funny remarks. And he genuinely feels a bit more like, yeah, whatever, Shepard. Like, do all the weird stuff that you keep doing. That's fine. Um... So it's nice. I feel like you, he gets to know Shepard a little bit more on a normal thing. And he's, like I said, he's with you from literally game one to the end mm-hmm. of That's true. game three. And I think that throughout that time, he could have just been a character that you visit once or twice and that's kind of it. But actually, he's a character that had a really good story arc himself. Like through the three games, he ends up having a whole thing. Um, he ends up having his own little romance with Edie, our yes, <laughs> not our dog, dog namesake, dog namesake, and having that whole thing that you follow on, and it's kind of nice to have that where you see, you see that in a character. Like, it's not yeah. often, I think, for throughout a trilogy that's not your main character or someone who's in your party that you really follow that intently. I mean, I was it was one of those things where I was like, I didn't really like want to mention him but the more I thought about NPCs and kind of like that goal of like well what's the ultimate NPC that you have Yeah. and I think he just kind of ticked all the boxes of like he's fun you always want to go and talk to him you always want to see but he has his own story he really fleshes out the ship and the friendship and that kind of like story and part on his own without being to be honest you're totally right I think I would die for him yeah He's genuinely in the game. If anything, because I think there was a point where you did think something happened to him. Like maybe it was when the maybe in the first one with the ship. Like I, I genuinely being worried about him a lot. And I think that's a sign of a really good character is you actually like genuinely like give a shit. Because a lot of the time it's companions and you can say, oh yeah, like you know. But with him, you're right. He is basically a part of the furniture to an extent. Um, He's such a he's such a lovely guy. And you're right. He's yeah. He follows you for everything, even when you know Caden decides to leave you, which I've never forgiven him for. (laughs) 
you know, he's yeah. always there and, and you get to see his kind of relationship with Edie as well, which is really nice. And yeah, I always went to go talk to him. So you're right. And that's a sign of a good NPC, as we were saying earlier, is someone that you just want to go and talk to. Want to go and talk to. Because a lot of NPCs that you can just be like, nah. Yeah, sometimes you're just forced to talk to people when you're literally like clicking through dialogue. Like, I don't care what this yeah. person has to say. They're not interesting. They're literally yeah. just pointing point A to point B kind of thing. But he wasn't. He was never really a part of something that you had to go you never had to go and talk to Joker I think maybe once or twice yeah most of the time you could you could lick, like literally go through the whole game of just like hearing his kind of quips in cutscenes and that's kind of it but you kind of wanted to yeah um, which I always thought was fun so I've got um, a few facts mostly all around about the same thing which was that Joker constantly makes wisecracks about pop culture and then specifically mm. at the time not his pop culture it was our pop culture of like 21st 20th century um so during one of the conversations between shepherd and joker uh the chair that he's on starts spinning erratically and i always remember this one and when he questions edie because edie sat doing it uh she states that joker insisted on manual control of his chair this scene people have most likely thought that is from austin powers um, which is Seth Green, who was in it, who yeah. also voices Joker. Yeah. So they were like, it must be some sort it of nod be. between those two yeah. things. There's another one where Edie suggests giving her control of the ship to escape the collectors. Uh, and Joker says, if you start singing Daisy Belt, I'm done, which is a reference to the last moments of HAL 9000 yeah. in 2000 Space cool. Odyssey. Um, and then one of the other ones is that if Shepard kills Raconine Queen in number three, Joker will reference aliens by saying... You want to nuke it from order? Ah, uh, it's the only way to ask. Uh, no, forget it. It's probably fine. Um, in yeah, reference to killing that giant lady queen. Yeah. No, I, I. To be fair, now you've said it, I'm like, I actually do. I think it's very, very good that he takes number one. I think he is best boy. He is the best boy, and you know it's Mass Effect, so we have to talk about this. Oh yeah, of course. Episode. To be fair, actually, if we'd actually gone through this whole list and not mentioned Mass Effect, I might have actually been a bit upset because I'm like, <laughs> actually, there's some really, there is some really good other random NPCs in Mass Effect, which I, to be honest, I didn't even think to look into. This is the problem: you go down a rabbit hole, right? And yeah. I, I just, I think if I'd have done that, I would have just, yeah, sometimes just got a gut, gut feeling. <laughs> Yeah, especially in some of those massive games because that's what makes those massive games yeah. quite a thing. Like we are saying, like some of the things in Mass Effect that we find the funniest are yeah. talking to some of the really stupid aliens. They only have two lines, but they're yeah. NPCs that that's you just want to yeah. go talk to and do it. Every time you play a game through, I think there are some games like that where you just yeah. find... I mean, that's how like, you end up with a vending machine in your top five, I guess. That's it. Exactly oh, yeah. how. Oh. It's my windows telling me this. <laughs> Everything's safe. Um, so yeah that's the end of my list and that completes both of our lists yeah this is a good one I really enjoyed this this was fun yeah this one felt different and yet also not because we were still talking about normal top five stuff but it felt like a little bit of a different side into looking at stuff I think it always yeah. does when we look at characters more than games I love it yeah it's a good time yeah. good pick thanks um, if you want to suggest any top fives to us um, feel free to just send us a message or go on our Discord and do stuff. So normally I'd say go to gametool5.com, but I went on there today. It doesn't seem to be working. It's have probably we stopped paying the bills. Probably. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I have, so it's just not working for some other reason. <laughs> well, we can check, but 
for now if you just want to have a chat with us just go on our twitter or our instagram we don't really use our instagram so go to twitter it all falls apart on the website yeah like go to twitter all the stuff's on there twitter is the best place to to contact us i'm trying to get better um but discord is also a good place to be you can also tell us your top five npcs if you join our discord i think which is just somewhere on our twitter i don't know have a look yeah there's um, a link there somewhere we'll get we'll get our website sorted and you can go there and you'll be able to see the discord link and and stuff yeah so this is nikki from the future um just to give you an update on uh, what's happening with the website so we have a new website now because we uh, forgot to pay for our domain game to five.com and uh and in that time somebody decided to steal it from us so uh yeah daylight robbery but we now have a new website, new domain, and that is gametool5.co.uk. Um, we're not mad. It's it's fine. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, not bitter at all. Anyway, that's enough of my failed plugs. I liked it. It was a good way. It was chaotic, like me. Yeah, as we've learned. So, yeah, I mean, that, that sort of ends the episode. Everyone knows about the dog now, Edie, love of our life. Yep, we've finished all the lists, so that's it. That's the end. (laughs) This is the end. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. What a terrible ending. We never can end an episode. (laughs)